As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You have made an excellent choice, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Diogo Jota keeps on scoring, and Arsenal impressed again with 10. It's Friday, 11th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Eddie Brassel. Welcome along, one and all. Your fabulous Friday starts here right now with those two buttes and me. Gentlemen, doesn't it feel good? <laughs> what? <laughs> it. Does what feel good? <laughs> so I didn't know you were going to stop. I, I, I didn't realise that Stefan Dennis was presenting the Football yeah, Ramble today. Stefan Dennis. Going to make it feel good. Yeah, there we go. The guy who played... Paul Robinson um, Neighbours. Paul Robinson Neighbours, yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Did the song, didn't they? It's quite a good song. I don't know that. Going to make it feel good. See, the people who did songs from Neighbours, I'm thinking Craig McLaughlin. Yeah, Mona, cover of Mona. Mona. Yeah, exactly. That's you. There. You haven't got a dark soul, have you? You need a dark soul to get into the Stephen Dennis one. Yeah, I just, I just don't have it in me. Nat- Nat- no, I don't think you do. Natalie and Brulia. Another one. Carly Minogue. Brulia's best song wasn't her cover of Torn. People often don't realise that. It yeah. was Wishing I Was There. I'll check it out. Yeah, you should I do. I will check it out. <laughs> Maybe one of our listeners can put a Spotify playlist together of ex-neighbours and home and away actors that have become singers. Either way, this isn't going to save neighbours <clears throat> on our screens. I think we need to take a different angle if the campaign starts here. Okay, yeah. Very true, yeah. yeah. Nice to see Harold Bishop back, though. Is he back? Ah, probably. He's not back. Uh, <laughs> He's not back. You forgot your glasses, Harold. Um, sorry, younger listeners. Let's move on to the football. <laughs> well, if you, listen, mate, if you're going to apologise to younger listeners, you're going to have to do about 10 times a show. I, I apologise for everything. <laughs> yeah, better. Look, let's just move on from that, OK? I've said what I said. No, let's do a modern apology. We're sorry if you were offended by <laughs> our neighbours. Exactly. I'm very sorry if you don't have a clue what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but it's about time you got down with it. Um, anyway, uh, Liverpool 2, Leicester City 
zero. Liverpool nine points off Manchester City with the game in hand. Oh, Andy, what a what a what a way for uh, Mr. Diaz to make his uh, debut, a full debut. Sorry, oh, uh, for he Liverpool. was fun, wasn't he? But, he was but, such fun. But it was just nice to see. Having had um, a little break from Premier League action, to see Anfield in full song, to see the flags flying, and to see uh, a nice shiny signing playing at Anfield, it was quite something. Yeah, and seeing Liverpool being Liverpool. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, it obviously it was to do with chronology and fatigue and stuff, but the fact that you can leave out Mane, bring on Salah as a sort of second half luxury yep. and then just do what they did anyway. Mm. It shows that they're in a in a really good place and it was reassuringly Liverpool, wasn't it? And I think the way Luis Diaz played, it was not only a grateful debut, it was very much, I am here, I'm going to fit this perfectly and I'm going to keep us on the up and up. Yeah, You feel you can trust him. Klopp was uh, smiling after the game about Diaz and he said, in training, I thought, yeah, he looks like one of our players. And Great. He's like, he's he a, does, doesn't he? He's a Liverpool yeah. player. And it's it's quite... Uh, the, the Athletic did a big piece on him asking uh, or interviewing people who had known him for when he was playing in Colombia and so on. And again, they were just they were just gutted. The guy, the, one guy was saying, I see a lot more... Uh, Knock off Liverpool kits on the streets uh, right. in, uh, in in Colombia now. That's the power of it. It, it is the power of it. But, yeah, but Andy, but, you've seen him play a fair amount, right? Before you'd be one of the few people who's seen a lot of him before he came here. And is that what we saw last night? Is that roughly commensurate with what we'd expect from him? Yeah, and I think it's, it's interesting. We, we often look at players. I've, I've, I've said this before on here. I'm sure. Um, again, I could preface everything with that. Really, can I? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, right, when you think of players coming over from uh, Portugal, the Liga is not as physical. So you think it takes a time to adapt. Bruno Fernandes, on, on the other hand, came and did exactly what he was doing for Sporting. Had played in other countries. Well, I suppose you could say that about Yeah, Diaz, but, but yeah, he, he came directly from Sporting and mm. fulfilled exactly the same role for Manchester United. Yeah, okay. Partly because of what they needed at the mm. time. I think you could argue the same thing with Luis Diaz. But what I thought was the really interesting thing about the way he played, obviously... Seeing him work Casper Schmeichel, take it wide and be a bit more wingery than any of Liverpool's mm-hmm. existing forwards, showing he could give them a different option was good. What I really liked is he was also wearing his little T-shirt saying, I have come straight out of Sergio Conceição's team because he was putting himself about. And he's difficult to knock off the ball. And that, I think, is a big difference that people don't necessarily expect when a player comes to the Premier League for the first yeah. time. I think there's a sense of, we're going to rough this guy mm. up. You can't rough this guy up. No. It's, it's not possible. I like the fact that he looks um, like the perfection, physically mm. and facially, the perfected version of Diego Costa. Yes. Like someone, <laughs> someone used Diego Costa as a mm. prototype. The same way it looks like Jack Grealish was used as a prototype for Matty Cash. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah. I think Diaz looks like a perfected prototype. Andy of, Johnson of, and David of... Beckham. <laughs> is that a stretch? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, that is a very, very early, t- early prototype. I think, I, think, Andy I think that's Yes, excellent. exactly. <laughs> no, there's, there's no work that's gone on between the two. <laughs> no, exactly, so. exactly. But I, I actually thought, you know, I, I completely agree with what you said. Um, but I thought that Leicester were okay for the first half an hour. Basically, mm. until the goal, mm. it was quite, a, quite an interesting even game. Madison had a good chance he at did. 0-0. And I, I think what what um, what did for Leicester again, uh, which seems to be happening so often. I don't. I'm sure Leicester fans are tearing their hair out about it. Is that they are just so bad at defending set pieces. Yeah. Like you, you look at um, the first goal, and it's a, it's a, essentially a free header from Van Dijk, mm. and then obviously Diego Jota scores. Not long after that, Liverpool should have scored again, and Van Dijk was completely unmarked. For, for another set piece Leicester mm. was supposed to be defending. So like 
they keep getting undone this way. They're terrible at not conceding goals away from home, and they're terrible at defending set pieces. And I don't, I just don't know why that's happened. I that, can't see why it's happened. That's the thing, isn't it? When you're Casper Schmeichel and you make that save that leads to the Diogo Jota goal, you're probably thinking, oh, someone else is going to put it in. Yeah, because that's what they are at the moment. Because yeah. they're just static well, and and disorganised, and they have been they have been all season. Now, I'm I'm interested to see what Fofana does when he gets fit and comes back in. Now, I've, I think it's too much to say that he comes back in and salvages their season. A because he's one player. B because he's been out quite a long time. And C because when he arrived, he was coming into a better Leicester team than the one he'll be coming back into because they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. But surely he'll he'll make some sort of a difference when he when he comes back because I think the interesting thing about Fafana because we're talking a lot about Brendan Rodgers at the moment and where he might be and what his future might be and mm-hmm. how long can he carry on at, at, at Leicester. There are a lot of clubs over Europe who are twitching over Fafana who've liked him for a while now, particularly since he proved he can be a great defender in the Premier League. And they're thinking, Leicester falling apart a little bit. Mm. Could we maybe go and go and pinch him? Yeah, Luke, are you rather, are you worried for brother Brendy's position at Leicester? Because people not say, as worried as you, I think. I think <laughs> I, I'm, I don't think they will sack him personally. Although by the time this podcast out, I'll probably be proven. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, I, don't I think, agree. I don't think they will sack him, and I know people. I mean, people have been saying, look, he's he's done well, though. They won the FA Cup last season. Well, we remember Ranieri. But yeah. um, I think that was a bit different. But I made the point the other day, Luke, that, that Rogers, when it starts to go wrong, we've not really seen him, not in one of his bigger appointments, kind of turn the ship around. And, yeah, that's a and, good point. And, it is, and point. it is a challenge for, for Rogers at the moment to do that. Mm. Because Leicester, you know, they've, they've got a decent squad. Um, but the, the comments he made... The other week about you know is it, uh, you know this squad are they done are they just happy they won an FA Cup and that's that to try and breed that um, to try and get rid of perhaps a bit of inertia that said I don't know you can pe- compare to what they did in, in the previous two seasons it, it's it, it's a big task and yes he said you know the pride the team showed a bit more pride and so on but if it wasn't for Cashmere Michael that would have been three four five yeah it would. Yes, it would. So, I, yeah, so yeah. With regards to Rodgers, what, what, do you think he's safe? Certainly for the moment. Well, last season, what they fifth and they won the FA Cup, yeah. right? So, really, I mean, I know, I know they've been in the Champions League, you know, and, and I know that they've, they've obviously in recent memory finished higher than that. Mm-hmm. But that's roughly around the maximum you could probably expect yeah. from Leicester, given the way the landscape is, and they're going to fall some way short of that this season. However, there's still time for them to finish a lot higher than they are at the moment. If they win their game in hand, they go into the top 10. They've got the ability, and if, as Andy's already alluded to, if they get some of their players back, they can push up into mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, top eight. And really, I mean, realistically, does anyone expect, would anyone realistically say that that's a bad season for Leicester to finish eighth? I think that's they, the problem yeah. because they've come so close yeah. to the they Champions the League in the, in, the, in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of people talking about Leicester and missing out on the Champions League in the last two seasons and saying it's failure. It's not failure. But but like, but, be realistic, it's not. By the sounds of it, you think he's safe. Rogers is, yeah, but Rogers is probably doing him at the moment, he's doing himself out of a big job. And that's not the same as being fired. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but I think as well though, Rogers get to the summer and then back him in the transfer market. Because clearly, they need a bit of a shake up. I just think they would be mad to get rid of him because he has had that team going. He's close to Champions League, very close to Champions League. He's won an FA Cup. It's not like he's a new manager who's come in and it's been like this the whole time. He's at, he's, he's at Leicester. But, but if you're thinking about firing a coach, you have to think: Is it going to improve your situation? It's not going to improve their situation. But you have to answer a question honestly about what you can realistically expect, mm. and. I don't think you can necessarily expect an awful lot more than than they're doing. That said, you know, if they finish 14th, that's probably not great for them. 
they finished seventh or eighth, as, as I've already said. I mean, people are going to look back on this season and go, what was all the fuss about? Yeah, very true. Just a quick note, Andy. Um, Diego Jota got a double for Liverpool. Yes. He's been brought into the side, because if you think about Sadio Mane, Mo Salah and Roberto Firmino, not that long ago, one of the finest forward lines we've seen Untouchable. in recent years. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, it's not going to last forever. Klopp has brought in Jota kind of drip-fed him to begin with. Now he's regularly starting, he's regularly scoring, and now Diaz is coming into the side as well. well. I say coming in, they've just signed him, just had his full debut. Are you quite impressed how Klopp is just going about making moves on how to get the transition from that amazing front three to, to what the, the future years yeah, will be like? totally. I, I think it's taken a little longer than I would have expected, although maybe that's something that's out of Jurgen Klopp's hands. Maybe that's further upstairs. I know that's a view that a lot of Liverpool fans hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've they've needed to at least provide competition for for a while because there have been times over the past year and a half, and you know we've been playing football in well we've not been playing football, but um, footballers have been playing football in a, a very very difficult period that is not even less conducive to consistency than than it normally is. But having said that, Sadio Mane has looked exhausted at various points in the last year, year and a half, and that they've needed that cover for him. Finally, they've got that as they go on and renegotiate a couple of big contracts. They've got a bit of latitude, so they they, they feel they're not going to be over a barrel, which I think is very, very important for, for Liverpool's future as, as, as well. They were always in a position, as you say, Marcus, where they were going to have to move on from some a very successful, very loved team. But Eventually, you have got to move on from that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, things things are finite, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's time that they that they got on with it. Mm. I just want to say very quickly off the back of that that you know Liverpool are, are, are strengthening from a position of strength already, and all the top teams that we've seen over the years in the Premier League who've achieved things mm-hmm. do that. It gives yeah, you far more flexibility, far more leverage in terms of negotiation, and I think Liverpool and the club have done that really well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they play Sean Dyche's Burnley on the weekend. Oh. Do Liverpool. Yeah. Big one. Is it a big one? Well, teams struggle against the top teams struggle against Burnley, don't they? Uh... Which is factually incorrect. <laughs> um, I'm sure that many people struggle against Burnley generally. We, we move on to Wolverhampton Wanderers 0, Arsenal 1. Mm. Uh, Gabriel with the goal. Um, and uh, the talking point really was about Martinelli getting two yellow cards in the same sort of, uh, sort of sequence of play. I mean, the two phases of play, you could argue. But it was Chris Baird esque, Andy. Yes. I like that you pointed out that Chris Lovely Baird um, happened to him because people said well, we've never seen that before. Yeah, you were like, bang, we have. Wasn't that long ago? Yeah, Chris Baird. Yes, exactly. Which was a lot worse than mine. People think that... of the beds. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something that doesn't happen that often. But uh, I mean, it's, uh, this is kind of where we are, isn't it? As and he's ascending off as two bubbles. Yeah, but this is where where we are as a culture, like arguing with correct decisions. It feels to me that as Premier League watchers, we spend a lot of time arguing about correct decisions, mm. don't we? Well, when people say, oh, it's a bit, you don't often see that, therefore it shouldn't be a red card. What, what, no, no, yes, but what they mean is, you don't often see someone, even for a footballer, mm-hmm. that stupid, <laughs> to fall foul of the laws of the game in that way. Exactly. However, here we are. Yes. Yeah, That doesn't mean there's some kind of conspiracy against the Arsenal. Yeah, well, Lacazette approaching the referee was the ultimate... Well, I've kind of got to approach the referee for you because I'm the captain and it's part I, of my role. I just role, thought he looked but confused. I probably feel a bit of a mug. And it's, it's fair enough to be confused <laughs> yeah. because yeah. He, the game's happening very quick. You're doing mm-hmm. your thing. You might have gone, okay, so what was the first one for? Yeah. Just to check. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as a player. Mm-hmm. But, but I think what people are saying is that 
if Martinelli was a judge to have been stopping a promising attack, which is a bookable offence, the referee can't then let play on and book him. But, they, but the referee wasn't that's, booking him for that. That's what people are saying once they've said, that feels weird, and gone <laughs> yeah, back and yeah. looked at the rule book to try yeah. and find a hole in I don't immediately, what the referee's done. I don't immediately feel good about this, therefore it must be someone else's fault. Yes. yes. yeah, That's right. Yeah. It's a bit like if, if someone told the referee to F off or something, and the referee sent them off. Yeah, but, well, but that, you don't really, you hardly see that. And it, what, what do you mean I've got a speeding ticket for going 33 miles an hour yeah. 30 zone? That's yeah. a bit harsh. Well, <laughs> you're still speeding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes. Different with, gear, still speeding. Absolutely. As, as your man would say. Never quote <laughs> BDI on here ever again. <laughs> well, can we, I can, surely I can invoke the Marcus Speller clause there. <laughs> I'll tell you, you do some unconscionable stuff to keep him happy. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you know, Andy. Um, <laughs> LG. <laughs> it's a bit DG, isn't it? Yeah, it's LG a bit and DG. DG. Yeah. Uh, get together, chaps. Um, but Arsenal, though, again, they, they were down to 10 men. They've had a lot of red cards this season. But they managed to, to just about grind out the win, which is quite impressive. They, they've got a, a sternness and a, and a sort of a, a wildness, perhaps, this Arsenal side, which we've talked about before. And a great line in panic defending at the end, Absolutely. which I really enjoy. Yeah, although Ruben Neves was was a, a little bit uh, sneery towards them. And he said, uh, with regards to Arsenal, we saw the way they celebrated the win and that shows the level we are at. I didn't see Arsenal celebrating like this in the past 10 years. It's like they won the league. I love it when players say that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's like the, the idea that you genuinely believe that they shouldn't be celebrating winning yeah. a game. I'm pretty sure they celebrate their FA Cup win more yeah, than that. Yeah, just but stay anyway, out of it. Yeah, I just that's such sour but, grapes. But don't, we'll, don't, don't you think it felt a bit like we're having a moment? Yeah, no, I did, didn't it? It's totally fine. But you're down to 10. You're away against the side. I'm, who... not, I'm not saying it's not fine, but they, they did celebrate I, it like I, they meant it. Can I ask you a question, Marcus? You is can. it that steeliness and that toughness that <laughs> Arsenal have exhibited, Here which has seen them win a game last night for the first time since Boxing Day? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to check that. Yeah, no, they got it back. <laughs> they found it. No, in terms of going down to 10 men, I think it's... Well, it happens every fucking game. Yeah, but I think... So they need to get used to it. <laughs> I just think... I don't think it's a bad tactic for Arsenal to do that because there seems to... You know. They've had four red cards <laughs> since New Year's Day and the only reason it isn't more is because the Spurs game was postponed. That's right. <laughs> Haven't they like had four red cards and only two goals or something in that time? I think, I think the, the goal they scored against Wolves last night was the first goal they've scored since they... Lost at home to Man City in, on New Year's Day, I yeah, think. Well, it's, it's good that they're sharing the burden. I mean, normally you'd expect Gabriel to get sent off mm. and Martinelli to score the goal. So it's good, but, to, good to know that there might be tasks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With regards to Wolves, though, they're actually having quite, I think, an underrated season. Very. We, we haven't mentioned them too many times on, on this very podcast. And, and they're in eighth position, so people think, well, OK. But they've got a couple of games in hand on West Ham in, in, in fourth. You know, they, they win them, they obviously would, would go up to 40 points. Now, I understand Arsenal, Manchester United and Spurs are ahead of them. But it's it's quite impressive. Um, they've they're hardly scoring any goals. They've scored nineteen goals in twenty two games, which might explain why we're not talking about them. Yeah, well, I think if you if you look down the table, only Norwich and um, and Burnley have scored fewer goals than them this season, which is remarkable for a team who have realistic hopes of European football next season. However, to give the full picture, they've only conceded seventeen goals yes. this season, and only Manchester City have scored uh, uh, have conceded fewer. As I think I mentioned uh, before, it's it's. Um, AC Milan, Fabio Capello-esque in that particular season. Very, they... very high yes. praise. Though. Yeah, No, but in terms of hardly scoring and hardly conceding, but it seems to be working for them and they're, they're having it large, aren't they, Andy? <laughs> the Portuguese Rob Brydon's doing well. Yeah, but what do you think of what... Yeah, I mean, Bruno... second best Bruno in the Premier League now, sadly. Some Give might argue... 
But no, Fernandez is, is down to third. Yeah, I don't, he's, he's, he's had a bit of a below pass season. Andy, through. what do you think of Big Bruno at Wolves and what he's doing so far? Because his game plan is quite uh, obvious. It's, it's defend first. I think it's a game plan that's evolved rather than something that's by design. Okay. Because he's doing it with the players because that's the players he's got, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And which is, uh, I think, an indication of a smart coach. So he's pragmatic but, then? Yeah, because you, you look at him and his sides have largely played attacking football. But they've had a lot more, I guess, quality attacking players in the, in, in the past. Of course, mm-hmm. they've moved on from Adama Traore, who, of course, had that brilliant debut for, for, for Barcelona. Um, I feel like they've got a lot of good players in the attacking third mm-hmm. but they're not creating nearly as, as as much as they should now of course the fact they're defending well I think Jose Sarr has been a great signing yeah. um, shows that um, you know that, that they know how to be pragmatic to edge games out but I'm expecting him to grow a little bit and I'm expecting the team to grow a little bit it's interesting to see how they're going to do go next to get to that next level mm. I, I, I think they're on track to score 34 goals this season yeah, it's not many, is it? Which is incredible. The lowest goal it, tally... It doesn't feel like they're going to score that many at the moment, does no. it? No. The lowest goal tally that's earned a team Champions League football is Chelsea, who scored 58 goals <laughs> in a particular season. They're going to have to I, up it, Luke, aren't they? They are going to have to up it if they want to emulate Chelsea and get into the Champions League, um, which, which is not going to happen. Okay. Um, but in 2014, Wolves were in League One. Yeah. Right? They got knocked out in the second round of the Football it's League been, trophy. It's been quite something. You know, so they've been mm. on, a, on a bit of a journey. And, and the first couple of seasons in the Premier League, they did very well, finished comfortably in the top half. Last season, we know what happened. They found it a little bit more tough. This is, at the very least, going to be an arresting of that slide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, that's a great that's a great testament to the job Bruno Large has done. Um, you know, they they are very very solid and very kind of well organised from what I've seen. Um, but, but what Andy's alluding to is the idea that if Large is backed and look and you know and and it feels like and they, and the club feel like he's earned the right with the performance he's put in this season as a manager, they're perhaps going to back him and he's going to better be a little bit more expansive as, as they go forward but he, sh- he should do because it's, it's funny I think what Marcus was talking about before to see a coach adapting to the Premier League mm-hmm. rather than make the Premier League adapt to him mm-hmm. when even if you look at the first season of Guardiola he struggled with that you know the Portuguese Guardiola and- Andre Villas-Boas had the same problem well no Andy let's, let's call it what it is oh Pat you Guard- let me get away with that thank you <laughs> Pat- Pat Guardiola he got found out <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> yeah but you know Wolves conceded 50 plus goals last season yeah mm-hmm. you know, they're going to concede around half that this season Turn yeah that's an amazing job on its own right and the reality is it's, it doesn't get you many mentions on this podcast no but if you don't concede goals mm. you, it's very you're not going to lose games you're so going to get points it, it on make, the board it makes sense they play Spurs this weekend of course uh, which should be an interesting Spurs, one Spurs lost the game this midweek in comedy fashion yeah they did and I couldn't enjoy it because it was against Southampton <laughs> <laughs> that's, what's, Wait, that's what's annoyed take me take it from me it was really enjoyable <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, Conte was going absolutely mad oh, it was it was it was superb it was absolutely superb he's, like, he's, pro- he's probably looking at Wolves with a bit of envy but when, when, when that yeah well Right. When that third goal went in, big mm. Pat, a Spurs fan, yes. he messaged me saying, we don't need a new coach, we need a fucking exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it, old big yeah. Pat. Um, it's Super Bowl weekend this weekend, I'm led to believe. Yeah. And uh, do you know Spurs are apparently considering a bid to host the 2026 Super Bowl? That'd be something, that would. Yeah. That'd be something. It'd be something unless you live next door. Well, it would be something for those who wouldn't have to stay up so late to watch well, it. Well, you it? say that. When I first read this story, I thought, that'd be great, wouldn't they? I'd love to do that. I'd love to be able to watch that. Because mm. even if it's on the East Coast, normally it's still very, very late. But they're not. They're clearly not going to do it at London time, are they? No, they're going to the play it in the middle of the night. Oh, they're going to get special dispensation, basically. Maybe. 
Otherwise, it would be the world's. I mean, Roger Goodell is is known for making terrible decisions at the head of the NFL, but that yes. would be the world's worst decision ever. So yeah. pre- presume, presumably, they'll have to have a really like quiet act at halftime, a bit of Faust be a or mime. something like be that. Be a mime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they could do it. So I was thinking about it. they could do it. So what? if they did it at say 10 p.m. Mm. in it, like London, <laughs> maybe maybe even 8 p.m. I can't believe we're delving into this. They could. It would be mid, it would be midday West Coast. Would it, so it still work? You could have little little Eddie Sheeran doing a couple of acoustic numbers, nice and quiet. I don't know if he'll still be around in 2026, will he? Just don't not think. He's, he's semi-retired these days, isn't he, old Ed? I think, I, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. Interesting. Adele could do a, a, a performance of a... Adele's getting involved. Yeah. yeah, now you're talking. Yeah. and Not quarterback. No, no. Nah, nah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But I've been to the... Um, I've actually spent... I went to an event at the, the dedicated NFL changing rooms at Spurs. Mm. Very big. Well, they have to be. Very large change. They rooms. have to be, though, wouldn't yeah. you? Think of the shoulder pads. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, on more serious matters concerning Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Tottenham, uh, the club, have said it's time to move on from using the Y word after a review which began in 2019, which received 23,000 responses. 94% of people acknowledged it could be racist towards Jewish people. It was initially adopted in the 1970s, of course, as a, as a sort of a defence mechanism uh, to own the term uh, and deflect anti-Semitic abuse uh, away, um, which is, of course, historical association with the Jewish supporters that, that Tottenham Hotspur have. Uh, and Spurs have provided online material explaining more context around the offence the word can cause. And this is a conversation and an issue that's been going on for a long time, quite clearly. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, they, they, they have to move on from it. And um, I, I applaud the club for going back at this issue, which obviously a lot of fans would like to, to, to carry on with it. But I think... Over a number of years, the club and the Jewish community have explained why it's not acceptable. And if by now that you don't get why it's not acceptable and you think that your right to say what you want in the stadium trumps other people's feelings and historical suffering that they they might have had, you're just an arsehole, basically. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, well... I can't say fairer than that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you know I, I applaud the move as well. I think it can be quite difficult for clubs to fully be able to fully control what their fans do and don't do. Now, do yeah, I sure. think, do I think clubs generally should do more? I absolutely do, and there's lots of different ways they could, and maybe we don't have time for that now. But that, what they can do is show leadership on this, and 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 that's what they're starting to do now. I think it's really important that 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 they move beyond this, um, and I'm hoping this is a first a first step towards doing so. Absolutely right. Okay, chaps, let's have a quick break. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, 
everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. Join me, Pete Donaldson, and YouTuber Chris Broad as we offer you a taste of life in the most exciting country in the world on our podcast, Abroad in Japan. Whether it's crazy bars, unique vending machines, or tips for learning Japanese, we cover it all. Recently, we even heard a particularly unique chat-up line. While we were chatting, a local Japanese guy in his early 30s made his way over to me and started chatting in broken English. Our chat about general stuff was going all right before he proudly announced, I like big girls. To me, (laughs) to me, with a wink. Truly flattering, (laughs) flirting right there. Search Abroad in Japan wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Wednesday and Sunday. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. If you're asking me whether Harry the Hornet, who I presume is the mascot, should dive in that way, I think it's disgraceful. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway, everybody. He's never wrong, that man. He's Good old never Roy. Wrong. Absolutely right. Okay, it's time for emails. Press the button. Tickle your ivories. Football ramble. It's a pretty good place to start. Football ramble. But it just sounds a bit gimmicky. I think it's exciting. Round. Football ramble. Phil Neville. Confused um, testicles with balls. Very rarely does it all go completely silent because no one knows what to say. Where does this rank? Is it above or below punching the the punching of the horse? They thought to themselves, "Well, old Fizzer knows his onions." Personally, I think it's a bit of a silly one. You got email. Well done. Football ramble. <laughs> the home of Willie Wavett. You got email. Tune in this time next week to hear it again. Don't play it again. Are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's weird hearing it back in your own cans, the mm. kind of nonsense you come up with, but um, let's carry on. Mm. Um, Michael Cusland, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, our friend Michael's got in touch. Hello to you, Michael. He says, all right, guys, long time listener, first time emailer. Worth noting the team lineups for this week's game at Arbroath. Arbroath lining up with Chris Hamilton, Colin Hamilton, and Jack Hamilton against Hamilton Academicals. Mm. Also with a Hamilton of their own, Jamie Hamilton, 
think of the poor commentator. It finished Arbroath 2, Hamilton 2 on Wednesday night. Well, you want to be in the stadium where it happens, don't you, Andy? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I tell you that they all were September football commandments no no player called Hamilton yeah. scored in that game which I personally think is quite selfish yes do you disappointing yes I, 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 that is that is disappointing a 91st minute uh, equalising penalty by Michael McKenna secured a point for Arbroath big news yeah it was big news big news everybody uh, yeah. Arbroath are top of the league are they in the championship yeah, well, they were. So they got a penalty and they didn't let one of the Hamiltons take it. Mm. I mean, and there's it's a million a... penalties I haven't taken. <laughs> but just you wait, just you wait. <laughs> I am Colin Hamilton. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. I've never seen Les Miserables. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, if you want to get involved, show at football. I love Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Good luck to our broth. Top of the league. Absolutely right. Be nice we to see them. Good luck to our bros. They didn't let Hamilton take the penalty. I thought we already agreed on that. It's almost yeah. as show if policy. It's almost like they're a serious football club. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're going for promotion, but just for the banter, we'll jeopardise our chance of uh, getting a point. Here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, that's, that's like um, you know, was it was it Vish who was saying the WhatsApp group the other day about Newcastle still being a banter club, even though they've got this money, and then um, Joel Linton shot a ball into his own head. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's, it's going nice. to be fine. It just look, we, we'll retain a sense of who we are despite all this money. I'd not, I'd not heard anyone tell it like that before. You make him sound like Brian Harvey. <laughs> it was, it was like Brian Harvey. The football was a baked potato, and the shot was the car, <laughs> mm. and he was Brian Harvey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, okay. In this case, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's not a big stretch. That's when good neighbours <laughs> become <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> what a medley today! Ah, what a Richard medley. So, okay, <laughs> uh, Leeds versus Everton on Saturday. Andy, big question I've got to ask you: Will Marcelo Bielsa send someone to spy? on Frank Lampard's training session again. We just like chisel a little hole in the wall this time, can't Careful. we? Careful. Yeah. Uh, For what reason, Andy? Tell yeah. us more about that. <laughs> How are your neighbours? Yeah. <laughs> That's when good neighbours. <laughs> Oh dear! There, yeah. uh, yes. Um, Bielsa, of course, admitted doing this when uh, his Leeds team played at Lampard's derby in 2019. And Be- let's remind ourselves of what Bielsa said at the time. He said, "I am responsible for this incident. I love it. It's, it was me." Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, it's not about being legal or illegal or right or wrong. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I talked to Frank Lampard, and he told me that I didn't respect the club. I have my view, but what is more important is what Lampard and Derby think. I've been using this practice since the qualifications of the World Cup in Argentina. Yeah, I love how he sort of says, "Look, it's not, it's not, it's not about right or wrong. Uh, it's about what they think." I spoke to him, and he thinks I've disrespected them. Did, I'm going to carry on doing this. Have I made this up, or did he follow up that up with like a two-hour presentation with an overhead projector? Uh, it was around that time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because because Bielsa, we talk about him a lot, but it does still go a little bit underplayed. Yeah, what a um, mad how eccentric he is. He is mm. Because um, my wife, who, who likes watching football, doesn't really know much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Leeds Villa game, which finished three three, which is a mad game, and mm. you guys covered it, obviously, and it was it was it was a fantastic game to watch. In the post match interview, um, Bielsa, <laughs> my wife walked in. Bielsa's mm. there with a the translator. Yeah, he's staring at the ground. That's right. Yeah. He doesn't make any eye contact. Yeah. yeah. And Mimi was like, who's that guy? Yeah. And I was like, I was the manager of Leeds. And he's like, what, the game I just played? He's like, mm. what's he doing? He's got the vibe of a groundsman. V- very much so. Like and like the, it, nothing seems to affect him either well, way. Yeah, like we need to have, we need to have someone, a spokesperson for the club. Oh, who's that? The groundsman. Yeah, grab him. You'll yeah. do and shove him in front of the camera. Yeah. Do you think, though, 
And I just suddenly thought this. Do you think the reason why he looks down, do you think he's standing on the bucket doing the interview and he's, just, just, and he's watching down so balance, for his yeah. balance? He's got a well, little cushion on the bucket now, hasn't he? Has he? Yeah. Yeah. We need it. We have yeah. to, we have yeah, to yeah. say as, as well, his looking down into that neutral point in the distance mm. Predates the point where he burnt his ass on that cup of coffee. Oh, that's brilliant! Uh, that was so it's, it's, it's nothing to. I don't think it's anything to do. With but you know, you know okay. the spying thing, Andy. Is that far more well what, well known in Europe and South American stuff? But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just I like don't the British people. Like, it affects our sense of fair play. It, so. it feels to me the most Frank Lampard thing ever that he would massively get on his high horse about this. Yeah. I, I, Hang on, I don't have a dig at Lampard. Everyone was having a, having a go at Bielsa. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm I, just, th- I, I think, don't want to be Lampard. I'll just, I'll just translate that for our, for our listeners. Here we go. Um, Frank Lampard once played in midfield for England. <laughs> so you can't More than once. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Quite a few times. I think Lampard gets a bit of a raw deal generally. I'm sure he does generally, but on this... And specifically from you, Andy. On this, come on. Can I make a statement Who cares? He's also He's Harry Redknapp's nephew. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm just. I'm just saying. He won your boys the FA Cup. Have a bit of respect. Who Frank Lampard? We <laughs> <laughs> might want a bit more if we had him in the midfield. True enough. Yeah. Oh, you like him now, but, do you? But, but well, speaking of Lampard, why don't we talk about that side of the ledger then? Because obviously do they're it. at home, and it will be. Um, they need something. They do because they they were beaten um, by Newcastle United last time out, and they were absolutely atrocious. They look like they they're in a relegation scrap. Big time. Let's call it. Let's let's not yeah. make any bones about it. Yeah, and actually, if we're looking at the other side of Frank Lampard, whether he is a good coach, a great coach, or not a good coach, mm-hmm. or whether you think he's something in between, I think that 50% of being a good manager slash coach is choosing the right job. I think he has not chosen a, a good job here mm. because he has put himself in a situation where it is going to be hard for him because a lot of what is going to go wrong between now and the end of the season. Now, I'm not saying they're definitely going to go down. I don't think that at all Mm -hmm. because let's be honest, there's a lot of rot down there. But everything that goes wrong between now and the end of the season, well, a lot of what goes wrong between now and the end of the season, it won't be down to him because he's inherited a total mess. It is not set up for him to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I can think of better and more experienced managers slash coaches that would really struggle there as as well. There are there are shambles. Can I slightly can I slightly disagree with that take? Yes, of course I, you can. And, and say you that can massively uh, disagree with it if you want. Okay, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I would slightly <laughs> disagree. Get personal. The reason that... <laughs> I don't like you. No, no. Listen, if you could say that while looking at me from behind that curtain, <laughs> yeah, I I think that the reason Andy's I think that's slightly wrong is is, is for this is, is with, with one caveat. The caveat is if it goes completely catastrophic... Player manager. Everything, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> yes! If it goes completely... I'll come on to the midfield in a minute. <laughs> if it goes completely catastrophically wrong, then everything I'm about to say can be disregarded mm. because they'll be relegated and yes. that's going to be a disaster, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't think that will happen. I think that they will have enough to stay in the league, as Andy said, so he's right about that part. But what does that then mean for Lampard? Well, Lampard is, as we've already touched on, mm-hmm. an extended member of the Redknapp family. <laughs> What that's going to mean is he will then PR and spin with his friends in the media that look at the state Everton were in. They were sinking like a stone. Mm. I came in and I was able to steady the ship and we stayed in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Now, what he does after that in the summer is is kind of irrelevant because he'll have a lot more time and he can do what he wants to do with it. However, having said all that, so I, so I see why he's taking it because I think he can say, look, they're shit. They're in a right old mess, but they're not that bad. Yep. And that means if I keep them in the Premier League, I've done a decent job. The same way, actually, if you look on paper at what he did at Chelsea, 
I personally believe it just because Thomas Tuchel's been much better. It doesn't mean Lampard was bad. Mm. They, they got into the top four. They won. They, they, they um, FA Cup final. got to the FA Cup final. He was a coach for a certain time. And yeah. they brought players through. Yeah. However, having said all that, I look at the potential lineup against Leeds this weekend. And they're probably going to play Deli Alley and Van der Beek in midfield. And that, at the very least, I'm not attacking those players personally, but the journeys those both those players have had recently, that is a massive gamble even taking into account how below par leads have been this season. Yeah, they've signed players to save them who are horribly out of form. Correct. And that's a huge issue. Well, we don't know if he's going to start them both. I think, but I you, think but they've got so many players out though, Marcus, it probably doesn't look like he's going to have to play but them. But he's probably not signed them to be bench warmers, I take the point there. But, but is it a, would you, would you, do you think it's a sensible thing to assign Ali and Van der Beek? Van der Beek, maybe. Yeah. Because he, need, he just needs to play. Well, I think, I think we, we, we've seen Dele Alli operate at a very high level in the Premier League. And I think it's been manager after manager since Pochettino has not got the best out of him. And I think Lampard has had a chat with various... But he's not just he's not, he's not playing fantasy football. He'll have done a bit of homework and have chatted, he may well have chatted to, to Deli Alli himself uh, within the rules of the game, of course. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, do you know what I mean? You have to be careful yeah. what you say there because I don't know what, the ins and outs. But, you know, you would think he would have done his homework and he's thinking, well, hang on a minute there. There's a player there who needs this type of treatment in this type of environment. I think I can provide that. We've seen this with managers, with various players over the years do this and be very, very unsuccessful. But we have seen other players rejuvenate themselves and, and need a move. Deli Alley has performed very well in the Premier League not that long ago. It's been a little bit of time. And I think he's thinking to himself, that's worth the gamble. The, the issue is, Leeds are capable of putting a performance in. So they beat West Ham away, yes. they beat Burnley. But they're They've... capable of shipping goals. Exactly. Well. So it's, it depends which way it goes. It's arguably the most interesting game of the weekend. It is, definitely. Because Everton's run-in is also actually really tough mm. really tough so you, if they don't if they can't put some kind of commanding performance in mm-hmm. in this game they go away to Southampton who've had a really confidence boost in win against Spurs yep. then they play Man City then I mean you know if they go off the back of three defeats into playing Boreham Wood at home in the FA Cup and then look at the running they've got in the Premier League they're not they're not going they're not going to go down properly but they're on something approaching a precipice it's, it's a really interesting situation but I do see why Lampard took it because I just don't think they'll get relegated and I think he can then spin that into his reputation yeah. I believe alright it's a big one it's a big one also uh, coming soon uh, to your television screens is another big game this one's happening on foreign soil it's Chelsea versus Palmeiras in the World Club Cup how about that? It's the final of the World Club Cup, Andy. It is to determine who is the best club team in the world. I'm hoping it will happen with excellent inter- sort of indie-ish incidental music with it being on E4. That's great that it's been shown on well. E4. Lovely old in, in between Hollyoaks and the Simpsons. <laughs> it's like football's <laughs> taken over the whole world. It's, it's Andy, who do you think in your... Uh, serious, serious question. Sorry, Mark. Serious question. Who do you think is the best club side in the world right now as you sit in that seat? Hmm maybe Bayern I don't think there's an outstanding candidate at the at the moment maybe Manchester City maybe Bayern well no no sorry because Chelsea are playing Palmeiras so yeah, yeah, it's got to yeah, be alright yeah. Pep alright yeah, Pep <laughs> yeah Andy you've fluffed that loose <laughs> I think the winner of this game, actually. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think right. we can all agree on that. We'll find out, won't we? We will. We'll, yeah. We will trust, find out. Trust me, even if Palmeiras <laughs> win this, they are not the best club side in the world. Well, oh, they, really, Andy? Because officially they will be. Yeah, All right. officially they will be. You, you alluded yesterday to the fact that they might be quite boring to watch. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, and it's 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 interesting. They're super cautious, uh, but they've they've won two Libertadores in a row off off the back of it. Can't be bad, Andy. I tell you yeah. what, though, Chelsea got a scare in the semi final against Al Hilal, did they not? Mm. Your man Kepper Luke made some phenomenal saves. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't um, comment on that. I think. It's, I think it's interesting <laughs> when can... we talk about like the status that people afford the Club World Cup over here. One of the biggest reactions to that was, "Oh, that's nice. Kepper's put himself in a position where maybe they can sell him for money this yeah. summer." I thought that was an interesting reaction uh, to it. Can but... I just point out that I, when I was, was regularly criticising Kepper. He was playing quite badly. Mm. That doesn't mean I hate him forever. I think that the ultimate Luke Moore uh, sort of uh, scenario would be Kepa moving to Southampton. He ain't gonna. He won't lower himself. Not, <laughs> not, even, not even some of the form he's shown in the Premier League. He's not going to lower himself to that. That's very true. It's yeah. very true indeed. Well, maybe Thomas Tuchel will be out there for the final if he... Um, uh, 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 test negative for COVID of course he's, yeah. he's, he's not been there but a private jet apparently is, is ready and waiting yeah. to uh, to get him out there so we shall see if um, he, he apparently he was um, he was coaching them via video call the other week mm. the other day sorry just screaming down the video call hopefully week. in full tracksuit yeah I mean it's we're not far away from Brussels, the Brussel timeline are we no I, su- cool. I, su- I suppose not we start a new start a new season we're going to start going wrong would you say Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 gone better than you would have thought. Mind you, you say the Brussels timeline. It's also the Chelsea timeline. We're doing yeah, it is, or, it or is. the modern day football. So it could be two timeline. negatives yeah. make a positive, maybe, and it stays there forever. Fifteen years. Yeah, you know that that would be quite something. Before all the Arsenal fans get in touch, we know Wenger was long, left for longer than fifteen years. Right? Yeah, not besmirching the great man. We, 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 we're <laughs> certainly not indeed. Um, before we move on, uh, uh, chaps, um, talking of Chelsea, did you see recently that Wayne Rooney claimed in an interview that uh, he wore longer studs when Manchester United played at Stamford? For bridge in late sort of 2005 six season because he wanted to hurt someone, yeah, which was quite something. Apparently, the FA might that may be investigated, I don't know, which is right, but I, I don't really understand this because every player gets their studs checked before they go yeah, out. He, there. he said, he he's said, not he, on, he's not on stilts. No, he, <laughs> he said, he said he, he got the maximum that's allowable, is what he said. Yeah, well, it's allowed, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, I this his is, thought process this is, this is interesting, like recasting him as Bielsa with like his tape measure yeah. out. But, I, but I, he suffered the consequences, of course, because he, he broke his foot. He hurt himself. Mm. I like that the FA have clearly got everything squared away to such an extent they are able to um, they're able to now look into a tackle that didn't happen in 2006. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's yeah. gone right to the top of that list. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, the investigation finished with: Did you learn your lesson because you hurt yourself? And he's like, "Well, I've, I'm not playing football anymore." So, but I, I like I like that Wayne Rooney's a real person. I like that he's not this kind of you know stainless steel or brushed aluminium mm. kind of robot what's an all with Rooney yeah he is and I think, I think that's part of the reason people like him I'm not defending everything he's done you know he's a flawed human being like the rest of us and he's, I'm sure he's done some things that well that he's admitted that he regrets and part of the reason that documentary coming out about him will be so interesting is because he is so human mm. and that's you know, relatable to a lot of people and certainly part of the reason why he's been so popular of course a large part of the reason is because he's a brilliant football player Um. And, you know, I, I also really respect the fact that he stuck it out at Derby, that he's doing things that people never thought he was capable mm-hmm. of. And he's mm-hmm. shown himself to actually, at the very least, we're not there day to day at Derby, so we don't know exactly what's happening. But mm-hmm. at the very least, he's able to motivate a group of players yeah. uh, around the cause. And if he keeps them in the championship, he said himself, he thinks, and this is a big statement from him. He said it'll be the biggest achievement in his career. Mm. Now, this guy's won Champions League. You know, so you, you did got, he, did he although, want... although he doesn't really talk about that much in the documentary. Right, okay, but he said that in an interview supporting the, yeah, he, he, uh, supporting he, it. He glosses over the lot of the achievements. They, they don't mention that he uh, broke the human scoring record. There you it's, go. it's interesting. So it is much more about the 
the person than necessarily the stuff you can get off Wikipedia, which is interesting. I think that's absolutely Also, he also, when you look at pictures of him for his age, he looks quite old. He does, yeah. By the way, he did win the FIFA Club World Cup, so you say it would be the greatest. Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, that's his mistake that. there. That, that is his, his mistake. mistake. <laughs> he's been speaking of Brussels. Right. It's time for Betway's Four to Score, uh, which is absolutely free, of course. Each week, you just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. Game number one, I normally have to cajole him into putting a player in, deciding on a player just before we walk into the studio every week. It's Marcus Speller, but this week he's got Burnley v Liverpool and apparently it was a very easy choice. It's got to be Mo Salah. Mo Salah, there we go. Mm. I thought you were going to say Valt Veghorst there. But, <laughs> uh, game number two, Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Um, Andy, you're up. It's time to believe Alan so Maximum. Oh, ASM. You've ruined it there for us there. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think that's not a bad pick. No, if I'd have ruined it, I would have picked Joel Linton, right? True, yeah. True. Okay, fair one. Uh, it's your choice. He'll go, he'll go and score now, won't he? It's, the first it's, one, yeah. it's your choice. I right. can't stress that enough. Game number three, <laughs> uh, Spurs v Wolves. Our friend Jules has uh, popped in with this missive. Right, so I think the first goal scorer in the Spurs-Wolves match is going to be Harry Kane, mainly because I want it to be Harry Kane because he's my FPL captain. All right, mate. Do you not agree? He agrees. <laughs> that's Pablo, <laughs> not... That's Pablo, her dog, not her having some kind of breathing episode and talking to an imaginary friend, yep. which she is also capable of, but uh-huh. in that case, it was Pablo. So, <laughs> Harry Kane. Game number four, Leicester versus West Ham, Sunday at 4.30. That's my pick. I've gone for one of my favourite players in the Premier League at the moment mm. and a very uh, inform uh, player who I, I, I would be stunned if he's not part of the England setup before long, uh, Jared Bowen. Uh. So, Mo Salah, Alan Maximan, with apologies from Andy. Harry Kane is Jules and Pablo's pick and Jared Bowen is my pick. Make sure if you want to play along that your selections are submitted before the first game. Very important. Um, you can play for free at betway.com forward slash four to score. Further season C's apply and you must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information on that, head to begambleaware.org. Okay, it's the time you've all been waiting for. Two heavyweights go head to head and no, we're not talking about the Club World Cup final. <laughs> we're talking about Luke's game. Here we go. It's the algorithm. What do you want me to do? This is why I'm fucked. <laughs> so it's not a title uh, bout because um, it was Vish who held it last week. But mm. Kate, in a big upset, a Buster Douglas, yeah. took it off her Vish. <laughs> she's now the champion. But I think we've got the people's champion here. Thank you. And we've got the world's biggest super brain here. And we've got Andy. Wait. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it will be a really interesting battle, I think. Marcus is desperately competitive in this game, and rightly so. <laughs> No, no, it's important because it gives it gives it the of course the, the fuel that it needs. I respect the game exactly. I respect the game. And when I brought it to the table for the very first time, I said, "All I ask from you lot is you respect it." Yeah, exactly. Now Vish was off that day. He was, <laughs> but you were. <laughs> Pete ignored the message. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, I'll but I'm you. the broth of this. I respect the integrity of the competition. Yeah. Um, when in a game, <laughs> <laughs> I don't respect that. <laughs> in a game that is basically involving you naming clubs that players have played for, mm. um, the highlight being. Pete's disrespect of mm-hmm. being off in some kind of weird daydream yeah. and looking back at me and screaming, what's the rules again? Uh, Thierry Henry <laughs> is definitely the highlight. <laughs> I think I think the new theme tune has made this game. Good. Has, has put it on a different level. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I, I, my, my, my spidey senses tell me yeah. that Andy Brassel is still the highest seed of the two of you. Oh, yeah. Um, so Marcus gets to go first. I'm Palmeiras here. Okay. Okay. You are absolutely right. Boring. <laughs> uh, uh, and I wish you were in Brazil. 
Um, um, and so Marcus gets to go first. The oh, first player has played for six clubs in total yeah. and he is still playing. Ooh. And the algorithm has generated a player here that may well play into Marcus Speller's hands <clears> because <throat> his name is Martin Stekelenburg. Martin Stekelenburg. Oh. <sighs> How many of his six clubs can you name, Marcus Speller? Uh, you can name all six I'll give you the money myself I'll bet you would Russell's pen's not working so that's a good start for you Marcus oh that's a bit of sportsmanship Ooh. or is it gamesmanship yeah, give me a pen. number uh, thank you three three okay so yeah, nice go on, oh you don't want to name four nope straight off the bat Speller come on let me get my little button ready right three of the six clubs that Martin Steckelenberg has played for uh, go ahead. Everton. Very good. That wouldn't have mm. been the first one that's brought to mind for me. That's confused me. <laughs> I've got myself in a right old tangle here. Um, and I've just realised that I have confused him with another player. Again, the spell is special. It's a special. <laughs> I love that. Come on. Roma. Nice recovery. You're one away. You're Very one good. away from the three. And there's an obvious one here. Listeners will be screaming out clubs wherever they are because that's how, how this game goes. That's how the game goes. Need one more from you, mate, please. I can't believe it. I've totally fluffed this. Ajax. 1-0. Very good. 1-0 spell up. Gordon Bennett. Well done, mate. Who's the obvious one I missed? Fulham. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I thought to myself, I thought to myself, he played for Fulham, didn't he? And I was like, I'm getting him mixed up with Edwin van der Sar. And I was like, no, he played for Fulham. He's getting yeah. mad to van der Sar. Yeah. That's ridiculous for me, but I got the point. You got the point. Yeah. Ajax is where he started his career. Yeah. And he's currently there. Uh, Roma. This is what this game does for you. I know, I know he played for fucking Fulham. I Roma. <laughs> Fulham, Monaco, which I think uh, you would have found very tough. Oh, yeah. I spent a bit of time on loan at Southampton as well. Yeah. Everton, as you said, and as I've said, he's back at Ajax. That's 1 0 to That Spella. is so ridiculous. Honestly, I suddenly, him and Van der Sar, because I was like, did he also play for Juventus? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm in a tangle. <laughs> but I just about dug myself you got out there, of mate. By fair means or foul, you yeah. got there. Okay, the next player has played for five clubs in total, and he retired from professional football in 2007. Mm. Um, five clubs in total. Here's Henrik Larsson. Mm. Andy, I'll just remind our listeners that you are up first with your five clubs. Five in total? For, for Henrik Larsson, yeah. Yeah, do you think it'd be more? No, I was just clarifying. I yeah, think. five. It is five. Yeah, I think I've only got four. Okay. Marcus, could you do all five, do you think? I've got to go five because he'll get the four. Go for it, mate. That's, a, that's yeah, the kind of spirit it. we like. Is right. that five, yeah? I'll go okay, five. so you need to do all five. I need to get, I need to get find some time to work out some kind of bonus point system for if someone names every club. Mm. But we're not doing that yet. So you're still only going to get one point if you get all five. Yeah. Can you get any from Roma? Uh, it's a point to Andy. Okay, Celtic. Manchester. Scored quite a few goals there, I believe. I think he did okay. Manchester United. Yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. Feyenoord. That's your fourth. You need Hell a fifth. Singborgs? This is unbelievable mm. stuff from Speller. What a start from the big man. <laughs> Unbelievably, I didn't have Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Andy, I forgot I've got Manchester United. Seven yeah. league games on loan at Man United. Yeah, One league remember, goal. Are you saying I remember it now. Start. I was going to say I remember it well. I remember it now. I forgot that Stokellenburg, well, I got confused, played for Fulham. Yeah, but you can <laughs> <have> that. <laughs> so, I still can't believe that. So, um, 
interestingly, Larson's career is somewhat longer than perhaps I said, but a lot of these clubs are semi-pro clubs. So he started mm. his career at Hogerborgs, which is semi-pro, before he went to Helsingborgs. Mm. And after he left Man United, he made a bit of a comeback for a couple of semi-pro clubs, Ra IF and Hogerborgs again. So um, where did he finish? Did he finish at Helsingborg? His last um, professional games were at Helsingborg. Yeah, yeah. He went back Just, there, yeah. Do you know yeah. what? I, I, as I was doing the teams, I thought, oh, I think I remember it. Mm. Yeah. So it's two nil, Andy. You're up against it, my friend. Marcus, if you get this point, you've uh, you've you've got an unassailable lead and you've won. I'm, I'm a prof- petrified because it's such a dangerous lead. I've it is. stupidly gone two 0 up. <laughs> I've been two 0 up against you before and lost, so Absolutely, it can happen. Yeah. Next player's played for eight clubs. Eight. Um, he I he is still I, I, as far as I know, he's still playing. He's played he's played for eight clubs in total in his career. Uh, he is Robert Snodgrass. Snodders. Hmm. Yeah. Tough one. He always used to ring in to talk sport when I worked there and was always seemed like a really nice fella. Yeah. Um, but I can't vouch for that. Because no. Because he was probably just on his best behaviour. Who it, knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Eight clubs. I need a number from you, my friend. To bring this one home for all the people on Marcus Mount. How many of his eight clubs can you name? I think some people listening will want to hear from you, Andy, as well. So think about that when you're thinking <clears> about your bid. Oh, come on. I think on. some people will want you to make a contribution today, Brussels. I'll go four. Four? Nice. Yeah, go for it. You're not going to go five. No. Brussels, you've not made a contribution. You're doing a Lars mm. Sivertson. <laughs> yeah, it, the yeah, last, yeah, without getting the points. The Sivertson yeah, technique. Say, that was incredibly effective. Though. Yeah. Okay, so you want to do four. You sure? Because if he gets four, he wins. Yeah, I'm sure. Go okay, so four, one at a time, please. I should have uh, gone three. <laughs> of the eight clubs that Robert Snodgrass has played for so far in his career. Okay, West Ham. He has played for West Ham. That's one. West Brom? He has also played for West Brom, yes. Hull City? That's three. You need one more for the win. You see, they were the three I was confident about. I've got a funny feeling. Does he play for Norwich City? Norwich City for a chance to win. Russell's already cheering. He's already applauding. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't work. Great stuff. Well done. I've blown him away. 3-0. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. So Robert Snodgrass, Livingston, Sterling Albion, Leeds United, Norwich City, Hull City, West Ham United, Aston Villa, and most recently oh, seen at West Brom. Villa. Um, who I think I think mm. he left West Brom fairly recently. Yeah. Um, mm. But I'm not sure if he'll pop up again. I tell you something, that is a victory for the people of Brazil, isn't it? Big time. <laughs> <laughs> I have that's a victory for Belo Horizonte is going crazy at I, the moment. I'll tell you what. Uh, how would you say what's Mount in uh, Portuguese? What's Hill? Hill you know, he doesn't Marcus know. Mount. What's the question? He doesn't know. He'll get back to you. Okay. Um, we could do another couple of players. Yeah, why want. not? Eh? Um, we've got a little bit of time. Um, Maybe I'll go for the whitewash. It would be Andy <laughs> first this time around. And he, this player's played for eight clubs and it was going to be Juan Sebastian Veron, Andy. Oh, Ooh. the little witch. Yeah. How many do you want to do? Tricky, tricky. Tough. Um, Colina is a hill in Portuguese. Oh. Colina. Um, just while we're waiting. Pierluigi Marcus Colina is going <laughs> in Brazil. How many um, out of the eight? Mm, four. Four? You do five? Have a go. Yeah, I'll go five. Yeah, you want to do six? No. Come on in, Marcus. One at a time. Okay. Give us five clubs that Juan <laughs> Veron's played for. Manchester United. Famously. Use a che- lot, lot of fucking idiots. Yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> Move there, yeah. Palmer. That's three. Lazio. That's four, baby. Estudiantes. That's five. Mm. That's four nil. Come on. And you're up first as last one. Today for the whitewash of Brussels. <laughs> We've never been whitewashed before. It's never happened. Oh, no, that was the pressure. Nine clubs. John Carew. Oh, big John. 
Russell, think about this. You don't want to be whitewashed. It's an indignity to a man of your ability <laughs> to think about this. Speller, how many is a nine? Ah, but it was good enough for Manchester United at Newcastle. I don't mind. <laughs> 1997 to 2012, his career. How many of his nine clubs can you name? Oh, there's pitfalls all over the gaff here, isn't there? I think Brassel's... You've broken his confidence. Yeah, you've got I a very low number. He's still not going to be able to challenge you. Got three, maybe. You said three? That's three. three. Three's my bid. Four? Yeah, I'll go four. Five? I can't do five. Okay, so four, Brassel. Get your head on. Four here to avoid the whitewash. Four clubs that John Carew's played for, please. Valencia? Yeah. He has played for Valencia. Leon? Yeah. Yeah. Aston Villa. There were my three. Yeah. <laughs> West Ham. It's 4-1. Oh, he's it's got it. I forgot West Ham. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I can't even picture him in West Ham. It would be yeah. a cruel man indeed to yeah. inflict a whitewash on a man of that pedigree. Yeah. So fair enough. So you, you know, should have done happy. it. Everyone's happy. Nah, yeah. no, Andy, that's, I, I thought to myself, you know, the listeners want to hear from you as well. <laughs> you know, like the old Italian school of thought of we've scored enough, lads. Yeah, that's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. Lead it off, yeah. yeah you're, exactly. the, you're the Mourinho of uh, Luke's game. I I may, like I may, if I may say, I mean, yeah. it didn't sound like you wanted to end that one. Perhaps you're just a very <laughs> good actor. What were his other club? Rosenberg, was that one? Um, so I'll give you the I'll I give you the rundown. The, for I'll give you the rundown for Rons and then Carew. So Studiantes for Ferron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boca, Sampdoria, Parma, Sam, Lazio, yeah. Man United, Chelsea, Inter, uh, Studiantes again. Um, some time at a club called Branson, mm-hmm. but they're amateur, and then back to a, a Studiantes. John Carew, Valarenga, ah yes, Rosenborg. Oh, he did. Valencia, Roma, Besiktas, Leon, Aston Villa, Stoke City on loan, and oh, then West Stoke. Ham. You know, so yeah. that completes the uh, the rundown. Completes Stoke are it. almost at the Sunderland clause, aren't they? They yeah. are a bit. Stoke are very yeah. much like that. I, I I got I got found out with Jonathan Woodgate against Speller, I think. Yeah. Because I didn't remember Stoke no. at every other club, but I didn't remember Stoke. It was all about Stoke City. Well, Andy, if I'd have thought about that, I might have had him. But you yeah. know, I'm glad that you got your point there. Yeah. <laughs> You know. <laughs> a win for all of the Ramble Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Battle of the Dads. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You'll find today, ladies and gentlemen, I was the Mac Daddy. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Preview um, Show, sponsored by Betway. Yeah, get the sponsor. I just want to say to the one listening who's new to the show, neither of those men are my dad. <laughs> that's what you kind of implied there. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Marvellous stuff. There we are. Uh, enjoy the football this weekend. We're back on Monday, of course, for more uh, football ch- red hot football chat. Um, until then thank you very much Luke Moore thank you very much thank you Andy Brass. thank you thank you everybody see you soon The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network Botox Cosmetic out of botulinum toxin A FDA approved for over 20 years so Talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.